0: So the notion of speaking of people as talented has its roots in the parable you've just heard read. We can trace phrases like, you've got a lot of talent, all the way back to this very parable, the parable of the talents. Not unlike other popular sayings we can trace back to the scriptures, like good Samaritan, or uh, turn the other cheek, or go the extra mile. What a talented actress, we might say, of someone. But upon closer review, these sayings, though they touch on the biblical meanings, they don't often fully capture what's going on. Today I want to share with you why I believe that might just be the case, with how uh, many of us grew up learning how to interpret the parable of the talents. So my guess is that if you've heard this parable before, or you've studied it, or you memorized it in Bible school, uh, you were probably like me. You heard it, the meaning this way. Rather than waste our time and our gifts, the gifts that God gives us, we should invest them and produce results for the kingdom of God. Of course, there's no reason really not to preach it this way. It's a, there's a clear meaning of the text here. And yet, perhaps... That's not all the full story. Maybe I'll preach it that way next time around. Maybe I won't. But today I want to do something different. I'm going to flip it upside down. So we often assume the main characters in parables are the good guys. Sometimes you come across a a rascal like Davies, the rich man, versus the poor man, Lazarus. But generally you think the parable characters are good guys. But what if it's the opposite here? What if we're reading something like C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, where the main characters are villains? In The Screwtape Letters, the senior devil, Screwtape, tutors a junior devil, Wormwood, on how to tempt a young man throughout his life. In this bizarre underworld, Screwtape refers to God as the enemy, So whenever you're reading screw tape letters, you hear him say the enemy, he means God or Jesus. And he begins his second letter to Wormwood saying, I note with grave displeasure that your patient has become a Christian. As You see, everything's backwards. So could we turn the parable upside down and read it as a screw tape letter? then the landlord is not encouraging his stewards to do something just with their talents, but something more sinister. Let me explain. So we typically associate the word talent with, well, talent. A talent is an ability, a gift, an aptitude for doing something special or unique. But in this screw tape letter, this parable, The talents that the landlord offers aren't indicative of good things. Rather, talent refers to an exceedingly large amount of money. A talent was a measure of silver worth about 15 years of an average worker's wages. If each talent, let's say, is worth, oh, I don't know, uh, a million dollars in today's terms, he gives this to the first steward, five million dollars, five talents, mil. So where do you get all this money and how? Are you starting to get suspicious? I'm even more suspicious because the first definition of talent doesn't even have to do with an amount of money but with weights and scales that measure money. Leviticus says, you shall not cheat in measuring lengths and weight or quantity. So if you went to the market uh, back in those days, there would be a, a scale, and you could, you could it was how we, we judged the value of things, and you could trick out the weight or the scale to make your value seem more than it is. And Leviticus says, no, no, that's unjust. Don't do that to each other. Furthermore, we hear that the steward given $5 million and the steward given $2 million immediately run off and double their money. How? What kind of Ponzi scheme are these guys running around here? How does one double millions of dollars so quickly? They must have done something corrupt, or they did something else the Torah forbids, which is to charge interest, especially in exceeding amounts. If you're an average Jane or Joe listening to Jesus tell this parable, at the time that he tells it, you know who these kind of folks are. You know who these charlatans are he's talking about. Folks who can double money like that. How do they do it? And at whose expense? You can almost hear screw tape the landlord whispering into the first steward's ear, now take your talents, And when the crash comes, buy up as many foreclosures as you can. Buy the McMansions for pennies on the dollar. Buy the bungalows. Buy the basement ranches. Buy single-family homes, trailer parks, anything. And flip the properties and charge as high a rent as you can get away with. And to the second steward, perhaps screw tape, the landlord says, take your talents and build a for-profit prison and hire the inmates out for cheap labor. Better yet, purchase a non-profit hospital, lay off as many staff as you can get away with, frustrate any unionizing efforts, build strong ties with the debt collection agencies, and watch your shares rise. Then Screwtape, the landlord, whispers in the last and third steward's ear, but it's hard to make out what he says. All we know is that once Screw Tape has left for the airport, this third steward takes the money entrusted to him and buries it in the ground. Again, you may have been taught in many sermons. That this is a bad example of what to do with your talent. But if we flip the parable around as I have, what if we can see the third steward actually doing the right thing? What do you suppose this steward was thinking? Maybe it was you know what? I'm not going to be part of this unjust economy, I'm not going to make a quick profit at others' expense. See the third steward, see him, taking the talent he received from the landlord, carting it over to the corner of the farm, stopping by the barn to get the shovel. Like a determined gardener, he begins to dig a hole that will hold it all. He pushes the talent over the edge. It lands in the wet clay with a thud, and then he shovels the soil back over. Knees on the ground, hands in the soil. he packs it down. Earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus teaches us, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What if this third steward is not being irresponsible, but embodying for us what it means to be meek? Sometime later, the landlord returns. Being the meek steward that this one is, the third steward can't keep a straight face about what he's done. He digs up the talent, he fesses up, he returns it, but not without defending his actions in sort of a humorous way. And Mr. Landlord, I know you reap where you don't sow. I know where you gather, where you didn't scatter seed. So, I didn't know what else to do with this. I'm a farmer. I just planted it to see if anything would happen, and nothing happened. I mean, I put it in full sun. I put fertilizer on it. I watered it every day. Nothing. I believe the parable of the talents, rather than simply inviting us to invest our gifts for God's kingdom, may be teaching us something different than we always suspected. I believe this parable is teaching us today how to see those who are adding true value to our communities. I remember meeting one of these third steward types. Her name is Emma. Emma is a local farmer in Fairview. And a former professor of mine told me that she had just moved to Asheville and that she thought we might have a lot in common all to look her up. And ask her for coffee. So that's just what I did. And about a year and a half ago, we met for coffee and hot chocolate. And we chatted about life and faith and farming, about which I know nothing, but was fascinated by what she knew. And we talked about our favorite authors and theology. And well, it was one of those conversations, you know what they're like, with, that energize you and that give you hope. Uh, that was what this was. And then, not quite a a year later, I ran across a short documentary entitled Left Behind, Health and Hope in North Carolina. And there was Emma telling her story. A childhood injury had revealed a medical complication that continues to haunt. Her earnings from farming are too much to qualify for Medicaid, but not enough to afford an unsubsidized health care plan. She's one of those, as the documentary describes, who is left behind by our society's approach to caring for one another. And yet, Emma says in the documentary, I can't imagine doing anything else. My knees on the ground, my hands in the soil what else would I be doing? There are those who take the talent and turn it around quickly. And then there are the blessed meek who inherit the earth. It's essential that we... Jesus' followers, and especially those of us who are discerning what to do with our lives. Maybe you're a young person. Maybe you're going through a midlife crisis. Maybe you just retired. What do I do with my life? Take note of the deeper meaning of this parable in reverse. And like the third steward Learn how Emma's story exposes an injustice that affects all of us, our neighbors, our friends, members of our own congregation, people in our own church staff. And like the third steward, Emma's story shows that what really improves the value of a community is reaping what we sow and gathering where we have scattered seed and sharing the fruits of our labor with others. Might our lives and our ministries and our missions frustrate or sabotage the Ponzi schemes of the absentee landlords? Thanks be to God whenever they do. And whenever they don't, the gospel for us today is that we have wonderful members and neighbors like Emma who can teach us how without being able to imagine doing anything else. They are our true stu- stewards, and if I might say so, they are very talented. Amen. Amen.